Welcome to EduBleather, a podcast discussing the hot issues in Scottish education. In this episode, we discuss professional learning, including the national model for professional learning and the importance of teacher empowerment. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or Pinterest. You can also read our blog at edubleather.wordpress.com. And remember, every Tuesday we also host a live EduBleather chat on Twitter. Which has been going very well. It has, yeah. We've enjoyed that. So, um, how have things been since we last recorded? Yeah, good. It's been a busy old month as we're gearing up towards the Easter holidays. Mm. Everyone's uh, super stressed at the moment (laughs) and tired. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. I think we know about this. This is the term. Everyone's aware of it. Mad March, as people call it. Yeah. I'm not sure I subscribe to that because I don't <laughs> like being in that state of panic. Mellow, mellow March. Mellow March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had a, an interesting time since we, okay. since we last spoke. Um, while most people have been very busy and running around daft, I've been learning how to do the Rubik's Cube. Oh. Yeah. It's, it, You've got to look yourself, dude, <laughs> your mental health so and your well-being. It genuinely is a bit of a mindfulness thing. And I, yeah. I find that I... If I've got something to sort of focus in on, something like that, it's a, I mean, it's a completely useless skill, I thought. However, the children love it. It's, it's an immediate sort of disarmor. And how long has it taken you to master so, it? Uh, in terms of um, trying to learn how to do it, started. I, I like going through that, like put myself into that complete unknown. Like, I didn't know how to do it. So uh-huh. I just, and then went on, and my real... Um, fan of YouTube videos and stuff so I went onto YouTube watched loads of videos on how to do it mm-hmm. and there's like formulas and things um, so I think it's taken me about it was about three weeks that really kind of sitting down and properly going at it and now and then it was, it was taking me like 15 minutes and then 10 minutes and now I've got my time down to three minutes okay, and I wow. thought I mean I was walking around school the big I am I was like oh, <laughs> see me do this uh, and there's Fair uh, mind you are a teacher in the school you're not a pupil anymore in, in, <laughs> in the uh, playground people came in holding court <laughs> and this this boy came in it was amazing he came in and went oh, have, you, have you still not not done that yet Mr Moore and I was like yes yes I have watch and I did it and it kind of painstaking three minutes and he was like oh that's pretty cool he did it in 30 seconds. Oh, my goodness. Just like... And it was amazing. So I was like, right, you're not going back to class. Sit down. <laughs> and <laughs> tell, you show tell me. Tell me how to do this. Reveal your secrets. Magician so, uh, never reveals their secrets. No. You should know that, being no. a magici- magician. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was good fun. So that's what I've been up to. That's cool. And that's yeah. actually just made me think about um, something that's inspired me a wee bit. And that is, um, I've also been learning how to ski mm. over the last four weeks. I'm going to Hill End every Wednesday night for two hours of beginner's lessons um, with my wife. Really, really interesting. And what I've discovered is that I'm not a very good learner. <laughs> really? <Okay. laughs> because I'm a teacher and yeah. I'm like, okay, so what's your learning intention? So aware of the process. Yeah, yeah, what's the instruction? I'm looking for feedback here and I'm not getting any <laughs> feedback and I'm asking for feedback. Yeah. Um, the importance of clarity of what the instruction is, modelling, like all of these things were going through my head. But also a real frustration when I'm just not able to do what they're asking me to do. Oh, no, yeah. Because um, I suppose you've got to where you are because you're, you're, 
working within the system of traditional education, you're uh-huh. pretty successful in that uh-huh. model. So then when it comes to, when you're outside your comfort zone, and that's yeah. what I found here, because I'm the same, and with Rubik's Cube, or whenever I'm in a situation of, of outside my comfort zone, it's amazing, it's really levelling to put yourself to that place yeah. when you're like, actually, you this is what you put children in actually. every day. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why they shout at us sometimes. <laughs> so I was getting more and more frustrated because by week four... We actually had a different instructor. Oh, man. So weeks one, two, and three, we had someone who was probably a wee more relaxed mm. in their teaching approach. And then week four was a turning point for me, but that was the end of the, the training. And he just, he focused on feedback. He, he did one-to-one work. Oh, wow. Um, and it just really made a big difference yeah. for me in my kind of learning um, would it have made a difference if he could also do a Rubik's Cube <laughs> while we... skiing down Hill End possibly I'd be pretty impressed not so useless anymore is it I'd be very impressed actually um, so that's good to catch up yeah um, we've also um, had a new thing going and that's our Edu Blether live Twitter chats haven't we yeah how have thanks. they been going I've, I've really enjoyed the process I think we, so we've had four Four now? Five, five, I think. Oh, we've had five. We have had five. And I think three have been a rip-roaring success. Yes. Two... The tumbleweed The tumbleweed has gone fast. (laughs) I did send Jace a a gif of the tumbleweed. But I think it's great. So five in, and it's it's been really exciting. Some of the conversation, and ultimately all we're trying to do here... um, it, it was funny because I was doing one the other night. I was hosting one, and mm-hmm. I was at I was at my in laws for dinner. Okay. And we were putting the kids to bed or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, I'm just away to do the Edge Blair live chat." And it was interesting because just completely unwittingly, my my father in law was like, "Ah, but what's the point in this?" <laughs> and it was it was <laughs> really question. interesting. And he was like, "Oh no, but you must have an end goal. Like you must be wanting to do something." I was like, well, yeah, fame and fortune, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was quite nice to think about, actually, it's really just to be a catalyst for conversation, yeah, just for a chat, chat and to, to bring, even if we're bringing four people together for mm-hmm. a conversation on a rainy Tuesday night, I think we've mm-hmm. succeeded. And I think we have done that. And it's I think it's been a really uh, enjoyable thing because there's been so many different opinions and mm-hmm. quite often there's been disagreement and there's been people... Um, not seeing eye to eye, which is good yeah. as well. I like that. That's what I we're really to do. so. Some of the topics we've covered so far have been. I really enjoyed the one on uh, teachers' paying conditions. That mm-hmm. was really quite obviously topical at the time. Yeah. Um, with that being debated at a national level, you obviously had the more recent one on on professional, professional learning. learning. Yeah. Which was good. Um, I'm trying to think of some we of the, the other digital learning as well. The digital one, yeah. Yeah, there was lots of recommendations there about digital. Lots of good resources. Yeah, and we'll forget about the other two. That's <laughs> because they turned up. Um, yeah, but I think what I really probably didn't appreciate is people would continue that conversation. Yeah. Out with the hour. Wait, just for the record, you appreciated that. You didn't anticipate that. No, I didn't, I didn't appreciate <laughs> I didn't appreciate the fact that there were <laughs> yeah. people talking out yeah. with our yeah. hour. Where were you at 8 till 9? <laughs> we very much appreciate no. all the conversation. Yeah, and what we are really keen to do is actually involve more and more people. And we've got a few people lined up to host yeah. an Edry Blether live chat. So if you want to do that, just drop us a wee line and... Um, you would just think of four questions and a topic, 
Yeah. And then we'll put it on the EduPleather branding and then we'll um, get you hosting it for us, which would be really cool. It'd be great. Because ultimately, back to that question, what's the point? It is just to get people chatting. Yeah. So any ideas, any thoughts or comments or feedback on that would be greatly appreciated. So coming up in the next few weeks for our EduPleather live chat, if you're interested in some of these topics, um, so remember it's every Tuesday evening, apart from we're going to take a break um, on the 9th of April for the Easter holidays. So some of the topics include citizenship, outdoor education, reading for pleasure, and teacher agency and empowerment are some of the topics mm. that we've highlighted and we'll come up with some really interesting questions yeah. as well. So please do join us for that. But now I think we'll move on to the news. There's been some really interesting things happening in the news. The thing that's really got me excited in the news, I would say, since since we last spoke, was this um, the kind of the young people's march on on climate change. Mm-hmm. The really, school children uh, missing school to 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 protest about the fact that there is the 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 world is dying and it's it's their world that is being killed and I I, I think. It's just been so amazing to to watch this group of young people being so enfranchised to be able to go out and, and exercise their, their civic right, to be able to, to go out and protest peacefully, mm-hmm. to 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 put forward their opinion in such an articulate and really profound way. I think watching the initial TED talk by um and I'm 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 sorry if I get her name wrong, Greta Thunberg, um, who there's a a wonderful TED talk where she sort of talks about her process because she's very much the sort of catalyst for that. She was right at the start of things and she started protesting by missing school and then more people started joining her and then it grew and grew and now there are protests and, and marches across the world more recently there were there were children in Scotland taking part in that mm-hmm. as well it's it's taken part in many guises there's some marches but there's also just some children that have been missing school for an hour so it's like planned walkouts so they're mm-hmm. they're kind of missing school every so like Friday a strike from, I think it was yeah, highlighted like as wasn't yeah. it yeah and I think for me one of the really quite exciting things is we teach citizenship we teach um you know people voice we mm-hmm. We provide opportunities in school for all of these things, but at times they can be or they can feel quite contrived. Superficial, yeah. And superficial, whereas actually there's nothing more real and current and... Authentic. Authentic yeah. as something like climate change. And it's then, really quite exciting to, to see young people taking action, actually. And I'm going to put the slight political slant on it in the... Now, I would warn you, because we've already had a debate this evening before we recorded. We're recording this. This is now almost half past ten. I arrived at at Jesus' house at seven, and we've just started recording because we've just um, had a a politics discussion, which is never very good to have. But we had that off air, and we got that out. But the the only political thing I'm throwing at you here is that that there are some people coming out in, Mm -hmm. in sort of mainstream media and some political figures that are saying, and and I'm honestly trying to understand it from the other perspective, but they're tr- saying that actually that's it's uh, irresponsible and it's not acceptable and to allow children to be 
to be missing school for this. Oh, I mean, or some people logged as unauthorized absences, yeah. and um, I think what some people have gone further and actually asked for people to be prosecuted. Yeah, and particularly in England, where mm-hmm. um, I think that's quite a regular occurrence, mm-hmm. um, which is quite shocking. I think, and obviously, what we're not. <laughs> Not trivialising the absence and attendance because obviously people need to be at school and they need to be learning. Of course, and child protection trumps everything, which is the thing that I think there was an argument there about how can we ensure the safety of this such a large group of vulnerable young people. However, I think we need to be looking for opportunities for these young people to be attending Mm -hmm. things like this, especially. And and there was another argument about ah, but there's going to be children that are just doing it just to skive off and just to go. And my my answer to that would be, well, let them go and experience mm-hmm. that uh, that process. Let them, if they are just going to skive and just to see what's going on, well, that, that, that's great because that's an education in and of and itself. Hopefully you'll get something that. out of it. And in their view, they might be thinking, I'm missing school, but actually they'll be part of, of a process, that social experience about mm-hmm. experiencing what a protest is like, what a march is like. I think it's... I think it's an excellent thing. I think it's wonderful, and I think it's it's really important to be encouraging our children and young people to have to to, to kind of flex that democratic muscle. I would say. I would agree. Yeah, brilliant. And just uh, as another light news story, <laughs> Jace was going to talk to us about yeah. league tables. And uh, I mean, I don't think. <laughs> it's, it's managed to bypass anyone no. in Scottish education this week that the Herald newspaper have published leak tables for secondary schools across Scotland. So they have listed every secondary school and ranked them in order of um, highest to lowest in terms of the number, the percentage of young people achieving five hires. Um, and that's the only measure they've used. And unsurprisingly, the ranking order, if you look down, particularly if you look at maybe a smaller group like schools in Edinburgh or if you look at, you know, schools in an area that you know, generally that league table, there's a link there with the poverty-related attainment gap. Take away percentage of five hires, mm -hmm. replace it with areas where there's most deprivation. Mm -hmm. Or your PEF funding, perhaps. That, that league table stays the same. Yeah. And and that, I mean, for me, obviously, that's a huge um, flaw. And I think it's, I think it's a, a real... I think it's also quite simplistic in yeah. terms of just saying, OK, we've picked one measure, we're going to just measure every school the same, we're not going to take into account the context of the school, the fact that actually as a model for school now, we're not looking for every young person to do five hires because we're asking them to choose a curriculum that actually suits and meets yeah. their needs. Um, so it's quite traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to sell it's papers, quite lazy, isn't it? actually. But people, people who, who don't know or don't understand, and I'm not meaning that in a derogatory sense, I'm no. meaning people that aren't as au fait with what that means are going to look at that and, and make judgments. And I think that's the really dangerous thing about mm-hmm. it, is people are going to jump to conclusions. And I wouldn't be surprised if you started to see people moving schools mm-hmm. as a result of that. And what was the rationale behind it? What was the, what was the sort of justification for, for publishing 
such a thing because they've had to do a bit that's this isn't it's not that's all, not all the numbers there are public record but yeah. it's not that's not uh, uh, conducted in any sort of statutory sense that's not created by no. any governing body that's just a it's not like SQA are, are putting that out there. This no. is just someone, a researcher at the Herald paper has meticulously gone through all of these school websites, found that information, populated a spreadsheet and printed it. Is yeah, that right? Well, is that I right? think or so. I don't know. I mean, but that information's not something that's pulled together. Like we've For good reason. But I think we've been in quite a, a unique powerful situation in Scotland where we've not had the same pressure on league yeah. tables as maybe England has, for mm-hmm. example. Um, as you say, all that information is publicly available through Parent Zone. so all it would need for you to go into every school in Scotland and yeah. you could pull off the figures, but you could pull off other figures as well mm-hmm. if you wanted to, like attendance, you could pull off um, free school meals, you could, you know, whatever information you were looking at yeah. is publicly available. And you could do whatever ranking order you wanted. Yeah. But as you say, to what end, I'm not quite sure. It's caused a lot of um, anger, frustration. I think originally people have gone from the point of view of, I'm not even going to acknowledge it because it's not worth having the discussion, to actually, because it's been given so much airtime, yeah. now people are getting involved and in, discrediting in it, it. I think it really feeds into the wider narrative as well about like respect and the judgment of teachers and teaching as a profession, I mm. think as well because it's it certainly it doesn't the, help. It doesn't help with that certainly. No, but um, it will, will. To that end, let's not give it any more airtime and let's good idea. <laughs> let's move on. For our main feature this episode, we're going to talk all about professional learning. Now, we are privileged to be joined by Jace, who has a remit for <laughs> professional learning. We pushed out the budget to get an, an interview today with our very own Jace. Yeah. Talk to us, Jace, about professional learning. So, so yeah, I do have a, a kind of strategic role in my school for professional learning and leadership. Um, and one of the things that's been really, really helpful to help me plan professional learning in school has been the national model of professional learning which was originally developed by the General Teaching Council and started by that group maybe a year or so ago, then has really been developed and taken forward by um, SCALE, who are now responsible for leadership, but also for professional learning. Mm. And you might have seen that they're going to start having lead specialists for professional learning as well. So I think they're taking the model of what they've done with leadership and applying that to professional learning as well. Mm. So the national model of professional learning is a circle, um, which we tend to have circles in in Scottish education, don't we? They like a circle, Um, So the learning is at the heart, but it's crucially the learning of young people, but also learning of education professionals. So Mm. those two things are really, really uh, linked. Then there's different types of learning, so learning is collaborative, learning by inquiry, and learning that deepens knowledge and understanding. All of that is is underpinned by the professional standards, Mm -hmm. um, whichever standard you may be working towards, whether it's the leadership management, the continuing um, professional learning for career-long professional learning, or the initial one. 
And it's all underpinned by this idea of leadership of and for learning. So young people at heart, but the importance on staff to yeah. take their professional learning. Um, and it's really hard to separate those two things, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's difficult because that's, that I suppose those need to be just in a neat balance with each other. They do, because why would you do something, so whether it's reading a book yeah. or whether it's going on a course or whether it's visiting another school, why would you do that? You might just do that out of interest. Yeah. But if everyone's just doing their own their thing, own thing yeah. then what is the benefit to the young people? So I guess it has to be really clearly planned that, okay, it's going to upskill you, but it's also going to have a, a positive effect yeah. on your class. And or your... Th- this was an interesting part that came out of the Edge Leather live chat that we had on Tuesday there, I think, actually, because there was a, there was a definite feeling when it came to question around about accountability or impact that it would have that was it was a really interesting discussion I would say um and I think with that balance is right at the heart of it and you're exactly right and I think the fact that they're neatly tied into the the the, the GTCS standards for professional learning professional development I think the fact that they're all connected mm-hmm. means that that's that's where the accountability is it's yeah. very clearly the, the 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 limitations on that are very clearly laid out aren't they it's not just oh i'm gonna go and bake a cake and yeah <laughs> because that's me learn or i'm gonna go and do a rubik's cube yeah <laughs> you can't just put that but i think having that awareness that the impact that it has and then ultimately that impact has to be derived from somewhere as well within your establishment within your setting definitely and i think it's quite important also to to think about professional learning in its widest possible sense as well. So a lot of people probably consider going on a course or paying for something, you know, mm-hmm. as the only really valuable thing. Yeah. But actually for me, where I've got the most out of something, it's a, a conversation. Yeah. Do you know, rather than, and that's been free, Mm-hmm. It's maybe been on my own time. It's maybe been at the weekend, uh, wherever that maybe is. Maybe unplanned, yeah. Totally unplanned, rather than maybe a formal course or you know. And I think we need to get out of this mindset of thinking of professional learning as well. I've only done, I've not had any opportunities because I've not been allowed out of school. Because yeah. I know that can be really difficult getting yep. out of school, and I know people will find that tricky and, and I'm, what I'm not saying here is it's not valuable because certain things absolutely you have to be out of school and um, I'm benefiting from that at the moment from going to uni once a month so yeah. you know I'm I'm totally advocating that that's a real positive in terms of my professional learning but it can't be the only thing do you know no. picking up the test every week is simple and that's a, a really good professional learning professional thing to keep learning yourself thing, up yeah. to date and I think that's it there needs to be maybe a, a, a more clear shared understanding of what we actually mean by professional learning mm-hmm. um and i think again that came up in the in the in the chat this week was that well, okay what 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 are we actually meaning by professional learning what are what are the key components of that what do we what do we see is professional learning and therefore how can we then judge the value of that and, <laughs> and that's and where I think that's where I think the model of professional learning is really helpful actually and I'll post it on our Twitter 
um, page. There's an interactive element to it, so if you click on it, it then gives you a wee more detail. Um, so if I click on learning as collaborative, then takes me through and talks about the different types of collaboration that you can you can have, um, which I think is really just useful. Mm -hmm. Do you know? No, I think that's really useful, and it's just just seeing you having a, a look around it just now. I, I definitely think that's useful, and I think from from my perspective as well as a as a school leader trying to think about communicating that message as well, mm -hmm. because there's there has to be a a synergy with the the sort of professional learning that we're offering that we're kind of working to, together as a school mm -hmm. towards, which, which impacts on professional learning, obviously, as well, like, mm -hmm. by its very design. Uh, there needs to be that understanding about where that comes from and what that means and why we're doing that so mm -hmm. that it's not just a, a, a sort of standalone piece of, of Friday afternoon that I'm taking away from you, do you know? It's actually, yeah. this is where everything feeds in. And I think there is a, there is a balance <laughs> to be struck between having... You know, whole school opportunities across the board where everyone is is hit by the same, you know, learning outcome or learning intention for professional learning, and then also having a wee bit of it designed by the individual because yeah. ultimately we're all at different places, we're all at different stages of our learning, so there has to be that balance because it's important that people feel they're in charge of what they're learning. Yeah, autonomy mm -hmm. definitely needs to be there. And I think that's the thing that, that I really like about inquiry and practitioner mm -hmm. inquiry and action research, that that ability to, to foster that sense of your own teacher leadership mm -hmm. and to be able to look at something or a problem or a, or a kind of scratch that you want to itch and think about mm -hmm. it from yourself. But the key component for me always with that is the, is the sharing part and the, the bringing it back, that having the conversation about the impact, about the, the progress that you've made as, as, a, as a professional and, and then sort of trying to share that. And sh so it's, it's not just existing in isolation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, for me, that's one of the key components of professional learning is that it can't exist in so. isolation. And that, I think that's one of the things that in my school we've tried to do, and I think we're doing it, really well I don't think it's it's perfect mm. and we're finished but we have a, a professional learning hub where people share and post resources they share links to websites and so on and everyone can then see that and and that's particularly useful around learning and teaching because as a school mm. we're focusing in on can you talk to us a bit more about that pedagogy. professional learning hub what, what, so it's really it's essentially it's essentially a blog just um, a blog on and you can you just navigate it in different ways all the useful links are in one place we've got a leadership pathway program so that it's just there for staff to see we've got an induction tab so that new staff coming in click on the induction tab and there's everything that oh, great. they have to do and um, we've got an in-house professional learning program as well so we've we encourage our staff to put on sessions after school on our Eventbrite system and people will just sign up to that. Um, oh, just within your school? within Just the within the school. And that sounds great. It's really good. Yeah, and that it's, sounds and wonderful. it's taken a couple of years to get to that point mm. and to have professional learning as a focus mm -hmm. um, because I think people haven't had that focus on it. Um, and how, how is that 
managed again I'm coming back to that process there so how, is there any sort of self-evaluation of that process in and of itself do you know encouraging staff to um, deliver training sessions and workshops and things I think that's amazing and what, mm-hmm. a, what an amazing culture and ethos you will be creating with that but how what is the how, how do you almost assess that within with, how do you assess the quality of that professional learning that's taking place and I, I'm not it's an interesting question because I think people will probably be shouting at the radio just now going why do we need to do that yeah. it's not just great that we're doing it but I suppose what I would want to be saying is there's clear how do you, how do you capture that how do you show that that's amazing that that's the excellent practice that's taking place well for me I think it's far more important that people feel able to share yeah than you know even I think that's the culture we need to aim for that people just people willing feel to. able willing confident to mm-hmm. share whatever it is without fear of people judging them and yeah. I think we have we've probably and I've suffered this before as well where I've felt oh do I really am I good enough to share whatever yeah. this is you know, am I an expert probably not and that's made me and others I know reluctant to share whereas actually I'd much rather people just put on a session shared it people take what they want you're from right because and then that back to that bit about it, the the dialogue that will result from that culture and ethos being embedded mm-hmm. across across a setting would just be like you, priceless do you know you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to put any sort of qualitative mark on that do you know yeah. and actually why do we need to we don't know because we don't need to measure absolutely everything like and that's that's one of the things that came out from from university course this week is we're in a culture at the moment and probably we've been here for a long time where we're trying to apply a quite a scientific approach to measuring data from maybe the medical and yeah. kind of world where we need to say, we've done this, this proves it, so yeah. therefore that's that. Why do we need to do that? We're dealing with people, we're mm-hmm. dealing with loads of variables that actually it's really difficult to say that if you've done X, yeah, then it means Y, you know. So that's probably my kind of, my biggest learn from this week is what do we actually need to measure? And why are we doing it? Are we yeah. just doing it because that's the culture we're in, that we need to show data for absolutely everything. We need to collect data for this, collect data for that. Yeah. And it is important. We need to show, obviously, that what we're doing is, is worth it. But everything does... Yeah, do I we suppose, need to measure I suppose everything? A, real, a real measure of the value of it would be that if, if the system, which sounds fantastic that you have, set up within the school it's been a team effort it's not not just you yeah Yeah. your 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 school seems to have be very far down the way in terms of exceptional practice if that was to disappear overnight Mm -hmm. what would the impact be on the learners Mm -hmm. seems like a relatively good measure of, of the quality of it and i think if that was to disappear surely you would see an impact on on the quality of of learning experiences across the school because that would ultimately get rid of a, of a shared culture of, of sharing, of people committed to professional learning, valuing mm-hmm. professional learning. 
I think where we're at, obviously, with the, within the culture of collaboration and the messages coming from Education Scotland about collaboration, is we need to see more of that. Mm-hmm. I think what I'd like to do a wee bit more of is a wee bit more practitioner inquiry. Yeah. Maybe having teachers looking at practice within the classroom, doing mm-hmm. a wee bit of more research and engaging with that research. I think it's not as easy to engage with that and to find things which are free. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I think that we've shared before the GTCS um, resources yeah. in terms of accessing um, PDFs and booklets and research literature, but that should be available for everyone quite mm-hmm. easily. And at the moment, I don't think that's as easy to find and, and engage with. Um, no, but I agree. I agree, you know. Um, and just as as a way of trying to look for sort of common features, I suppose throughout mm-hmm. throughout professional learning. So I suppose what we've basically said here is that professional learning can take many forms and yeah. many guises. And actually, this just having a conversation with friends over a coffee can sometimes be the most valuable piece of professional learning. Yeah, and we would like to also think that by listening to this podcast. Of course. That's a, a good 30 minutes an hour <laughs> worth of your professional learning. And that probably brings me... I mean, I shouldn't say that because what I'm saying there is that we should count. I'm, it's only I'm a number sure, that you're getting towards your target of 35. I'm not sure I like that no. culture either that, oh, we've only got to do 35 because we all know that we do way more than that. So why are we trying to count? But there's an accountability thing there. There is. But that's not accountability. That's, again, about... We're in a system where everything has to be measured, and yeah. we need to challenge. There's a that. trust, I suppose, and that's. There's that's, not a trust. No, because there, the there has hours. to be a trust. I yes. suppose if you're getting rid of a of a number, and and I would, ever the optimist, love to think that actually, people probably do more than their thirty five hours. Definitely. Because. Actually, it's about redefining what we're thinking about in terms of professional learning. Yeah. And if you're saying that professional learning, which I am saying, mm-hmm. can be an excellent dialogue in a staff room mm-hmm. for half an hour over lunch about formative assessment techniques that you might be using in your class, if you're able to discuss it, to think about making a change, to think about the impact that that's going to have on your learners, to then go and assess that and observe that within your classroom and reflect on it again after, that's what we're doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the bit that it's maybe needing to read it because it it can become when you when you do ascribe a number to it and you do say that this has to be done and that has to be, it can become a a chore for some people and and i suppose my next question would be on from that where that we again said before how much of a fan we are of of the standards and i think having that there is a is a is a great sort of measure for everybody to be able to have that shared understanding of of the professional standards but having to having to put your professional learning down on paper mm-hmm. commits you to something commits you to something but but what what where do we stand on that process of actually having to so it's it's my sign off year this year for instance me too and and having to of sort of keeping a keeping a record of everything it seems to me sometimes like a, a bit of a paper exercise at times and i can understand how you may feel like that sometimes but 
I think we do. We're, we're professionals. Mm-hmm. We're trying. We're meeting the standard. Yeah. I think there has to be an element of reflection on each professional learning. And for me, that has to be in a really systematic way and there's a place for that reflection to be stored. I I don't think for a minute that anyone is going to read in any detail my reflections. And if they do, then that'll be a really interesting piece. But I'm not writing it <laughs> for for anyone for else to, to read it. I'm writing it for myself, and actually, I don't actually use the GTCS system. I use my own kind of um, journal app yeah. to reflect on my professional learning fairly regularly, and I'm yeah. not writing that for any sort of accountability for other people to read that. No, I'm doing that for my own learning and my own processing. But how much of how it would be interesting to see what people's thoughts on that were because just anecdotally mm-hmm. speaking to, to other teachers I think uh, there are a lot of people that feel that that is a well is people a, worry barrier, about it yeah a, absolutely it's a source of apprehension uh, and there is that maybe sometimes a lack of confidence there because there is that feeling of well I'm having to do this for someone else mm-hmm. how do we then intrinsically motivate teachers to be able to, to, to be engaged in that reflective process reflection process and I think but I think that's the bit that happens naturally and that's the bit that so I agree that there needs to be a system 100% and I think there needs to be some uniformity to that system but then that comes back to accountability and, and measuring things and impact yeah I think it's difficult because we've this is probably the last year and then everyone will have engaged in professional update. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was the recommendation from the, the Donaldson report about teaching Scotland's future. Yeah. And one of the big changes was a five-yearly cycle of update for everyone in Scotland and, and proven that they are meeting the standard, they're engaging in professional learning, they're having an annual ERD yeah. meeting with someone to talk about their priorities for learning. And I think that's all really, really valuable, particularly sitting down with someone to talk about your own learning, when actually, for me, that's something I prioritise quite highly, but I've been quite surprised speaking to other friends and colleagues who are teachers, and some of them saying, I've never had a a PRD meeting, and Mm -hmm. I've been in the same place for seven years or or longer, and that, that just shocks me, because that's where I would be... I'd be prioritising that because I'd be saying, well, that's really important. I need to know where my learning's at. I need to know what my strengths are. I need to know what my next steps are. Mm-hmm. And I need to have that conversation because that's a really powerful conversation. I agree. To have yeah. on... I mean, we should be having it more than annually, but that should be the minimum. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think that conversation is a fantastic way to bring that back together. And I think... I'm, I, having been involved in both sides of that PRD conversation, mm-hmm. I can see the value in it. And I think it's so valuable for, for school leaders, but also as, as, a, as a professional yourself going through it. I just think, um, that I think there, there maybe needs to be, if, if we're looking at creating a shared understanding of all of this and trying to make sure that everybody's aware of, of, of really good standards of professional learning and good practices within that. I think there needs to be a wider discussion about the the 
systems that we have in place at the moment, I would be saying. In order to get it, yeah, in order to to sort of demystify some things for people and, and make it less of a scary process or less of a process that's just that that becomes an extra actually mm-hmm. it should be really just embedded in part and parcel of everything that that you're that you're doing as a, as a and I guess that's where we come on to you know teacher empowerment and teacher agency if we are confident in our ability yeah and we're confident in what we're doing then if you come to me and say why have you written this in our accountable system I'm going to have a robust enough conversation with you to justify why I'm why I've spent 5 hours working on this or why I've decided to look at this priority rather than this one and that's where your professionalism needs yeah. to be trusted and I think that more and more we're seeing people feeling empowered I want to see that more and more um, where actually people are trusted to make their own decisions because we're we're professional we're we know our stuff we're highly mm. trained individuals definitely yeah and um, I think that's definitely been a large part of of the dialogue that's surrounded not just Scottish teaching at the moment that's, mm-hmm. that's very much yeah absolutely uh, empowerment and um, teacher, teacher agency and teacher yep. agency definitely and I think that's a, it's, a, it's a really nice way to to be ending that conversation I think that's yeah. a really kind of optimistic way and to positive be. as well positive I think so definitely well thanks very much for that Jason it's really good to have your insight on that and I think it would be good for you to be to, to share those resources on Twitter can you just chuck those up yeah I'll Twitter? do that um, thanks very much okay and I think you're going to also share something that you're going to recommend. Oh, am I? Yes, of course. There's a couple of things that you wanted to recommend. There's a couple of things. So the first one is um, I've recently become involved with SELMIS, which is the Scottish Educational Leadership Management and Administration Society. And every year they have a forum, uh, which is an opportunity for some keynote speakers um, and dinner at uh, St George's School in Edinburgh. It's on Thursday the 16th of May this year and there'll soon be a link put up on Twitter and also on the website for you to sign up. Um, I don't know the cost yet, but it'll be not that expensive. Mm. But you'll get dinner, uh, an opportunity for um, drinks and also conversations with people across um, education. And this year's theme is on health and well-being. Mm, fantastic. Um, so a really, really interesting topic. I like, I like that, actually. I, we had a whole conversation there about professional learning and the best types of professional learning, and I never once mentioned food. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big part of my professional learning. If, well, if there you are. If there's good scran, I'm, yeah. I'm doing well. Definitely. That so, sounds good. So I'm going to be there, and hopefully you'll come along too, Jude. Definitely. Um, and then the other thing, which is really interesting, I just found this on Twitter. Um, it's... It's a, at the moment it's free until, until August. It's a website um, called impact-learning.co.uk um, and it allows you to go in and um, create your own school improvement plan. It allows you to look at um, asking pupils, parents and staff questions so it combines questionnaires it also has some professional learning stuff in there around interviews, around parental engagement. Um, 
it looks like there's going to be like an annual cost to it, but at the moment they seem to be f- providing it for free. Um, I don't know quite who's behind it, but mm. it's totally focused in on Scottish education, um, and it it's just a really new, neat uh, website and really cool tool Brilliant. that I've started to just dip into, and I'm really quite liking it, and it's helped me probably formulate some of my thinking around... Um, well-being, equality and inclusion because it's oh, got really? some really useful kind of questionnaires in there that I've started to engage with. Excellent. So I would encourage you to check it out. You can sign up for free for your school um, up until August and then I think after that you have to pay but you'll decide if, if it's worth it. I'm not sure yet. I'm just trying. How, how do we find it? Is it? So that's impact? Uh, impact hashtag learning. I'll put a link to it on our Twitter account as well. Sounds, Sounds great. Good. Yeah, I think that would be really okay. good, especially coming up to the point when we're thinking about writing improvement plans. Yeah, exactly. It's just really useful, I think. Just easy. And I like that. Something simple to, to work on. Something simple. Indeed. <laughs> Much like yourself. <laughs> so now we've reached the end of episode 13. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can follow us at Edublether on Twitter and check out our website, which has loads more content, edublether.wordpress.com. You can also join us for Edublether Live every Tuesday from 8 till 9pm. Okay, and that's all from us for this episode of Edublether. Thanks so much for your support and keep the conversations going on Twitter and we'll see you next time. Thank you.